0: welcome to the gamers over 50 podcast this is episode 33 the rpg episode now it's gonna be the first of a few rpg episodes i promised i've said multiple times oh yeah i'm working on these rpg episodes well i am but this one is where i really want to go over the basics of an rpg what it is things like that so let's just dive right in uh please donate to wikipedia Please, if you're going to go and search stuff, if you're going to look stuff up, if you're going to prove a bet, donate to Wikipedia, please. All right. So from Wikipedia, of course, what is an RPG? A role-playing game, sometimes spelled role-playing with no space in role playing. playing. Um, RPG is a game in which players assume the roles of characters in a fictional setting. Players take responsibility for acting out these roles with a narrative, either through literal acting or through a process of structured decision-making regarding character development. Actions taken within minigames succeed or fail according to a formal system of rules and guidelines. All right, so that sounds like the clinical term, right? Like when we learn stuff now. I also joke because an RPG is a rocket propelled grenade. Anybody who saw the Red Dawn movie back in the 80s, Patrick Swayze... Charlie Sheen, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing uh, fame understands that that was like totally different. But an RPG for since the 70s has been at a different level. So an RPG for me has always been something much different than just a clinical, you get to assume a role. As a kid, I was a new kid a lot. I read a lot of stuff. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of comic books. Heck, I'd read the back of any magazine at the barber shop, wrestling magazines all that stuff and, you know a lot of people who probably hear this in their 50s if you're just listening to this first time trying to figure out games and stuff like that you're like come on read comic books compared to today comic books in the 70s were very much comic books today they're crazy thought process novels and artists who are amazing beyond all the belief um I've always heard them called picture books, which cracks me up. And I'm like, no, um, you tell kids to read picture books that are like, you know, see spot run. Comic books really went into the role of the character and developed them. You know, there's a lot of pushing and shoving around between Marvel and DC over the years. But you look at that and they've developed these universes. Same goes for people like J.R.R. Tolkien, who created, you know, The Hobbit. Great example. I read The Hobbit. I saw the animated movie of The Hobbit, and I've seen the live-action movie of The Hobbit. I've taken from that to build personal visuals of what Tolkien was looking for. Um, I will tell you that the animated voice for Thorin, uh, and I apologize to uh, Richard Armitage, who is the live-action, real human person-looking dwarf of Thorin, can't even stand up to the the amazing job of hans Reed's voice conry's voice sorry conry's voice in the animated version and hearing that and then reading it or reading another book where there's another dwarf character in it in you know the Tolkien world always kind of helps generate that role playing and then playing that in a certain game. I mean, you know, World of Warcraft has a, a class of dwarves, and whenever I play as a dwarf, I always kind of think of myself as that Thorin person and try to think about Conrad's voice and playing that and getting that, you know, place into it. So going into that an rpg becomes much more than you assume a role and you play a narrative you, it becomes a an escape in a way and really right now COVID 19 is we all kind of need an escape and some of that to be reading some of that could be through games i think i talked in the last podcast animal crossing which is fun but when i was a kid being the new kid got a lot of bullying i didn't really do much for myself being short and kind of overweight at the time i had a growth spurt later which helped me out um but you know the rpgs helped me get through that painful part of my life because i was able to escape from where people were picking on me and go into worlds of fantasy and science fiction and uh, you know asimov lovecraft tolkien kirby kane many others i mean if you just realize i probably have put up if there's a mount rushmore of of some of the in my opinion in my world i'll say in my of my world of of people who brought fantasy science fiction to me that'd be it you know so they you know they talked took me to places in my mind where i couldn't go personally i couldn't go to mars or i couldn't uh go to you know the mines of moria or i couldn't go to the misty mountains right i couldn't see some of the crazy stuff lovecraft get me you know, wow that guy went way off or spend time with batman or captain america right you know i couldn't do those types of things so an rpg kind of got me to that point now you know when i say rpgs it is a very general word and if you are a game player then you're like Dude, there are so many RPGs. We could have a conversation. In fact, I could have conversations for the rest of my entire life, getting about four hours of sleep a day and spending 20 hours of it conversing on RPGs. But let's go over the main categories. Again, our friends at Wikipedia are super helpful. We have tabletop RPGs. And tabletop and pen and paper RPGs are conducted through discussion in a small social gathering. So small group. Maybe four, two, eight. I've seen sometimes 10 people get into a group. It depends on it. And then you have someone who's a game master, a GM who describes the world, its an inhabitants. The players describe their actions of their characters. You get a GM who describes the outcomes. You know, the GM could also be called a DM or dungeon master. Some outcomes are determined by the game system, some are chosen by the the GM, some happen through the dice going into the game system. I don't want to make sure, make sure we don't miss out on dice, things like that. You know, and this is a format in which role-playing games were first popularized. Because first we didn't have computers back in the 70s. And you know, the really first big one, we always talk about it, we've talked about it before, is DD. And again, it was it's fantasy literature, and they talk about wargaming gaming as a hobby and war game being a, a, a RPG as well, but it was really created around 1974 in 74 huge popularity that came out really led to the birth of rpg games And now there's thousands upon thousands of rpgs out there and i'm not even touching the electronic stuff we'll talk about that in a second um but this format is you know referred to simply as rpg just playing these types of games you have people discussing now okay thank you again wikipedia for the clinical version of what an rpg is i'm going to go into it as when i was a kid and people heard of Dungeons and Dragons, and I lived in a small town. They freaked out. It's the devil's game. If you worship this, you, you'll, you know, you worship the devil. You'll play D and D, and you'll kill people, and you'll hurt yourself. Um, I always get such a chuckle out of it, is because like I think the first time I'm trying to just remember if it was *Bosom Buddies* or this movie that I first saw Tom Hanks in it. And uh, being that Tom Hanks is over fifty, if you ever want to join the podcast, please do or if you're ever filming the Pacific Northwest, please let me know where, and I can try to be an extra and not totally geek out. I promise not to geek. I got to geek a tiny bit. Anywho, but Tom Hanks was actually in a movie called Mazes and Monsters. And, you know, you have these folks that are playing a game and they think it goes too far. And then the people around the people playing the game thinks it goes too far. Um, Does it go too far? Hmm, I'll let you guys decide that on your own. Right. Um, But, you know, I was told all the time, d d is bad for you. These games are bad for you. What's really funny is, you know, adolescent me talking to today me is going, everybody made me be afraid of this. In fact, so much so that people thought because I played d d that I would be worshiping the devil later on. So at some point they took me to a church revival. So when anybody says, have you ever been to a church revival? And, they, you know, you have to raise your hand. You know, yep, I'm that guy. Additionally, they said, oh, you're going to do these bad things and you're going to be the, become part of the devil's angry gang and
1: really just,
0: just this." I'm trying to say this the nicest way, the silliest things ever. Now, in my life, I've had four speeding tickets. I'm 51 years old. Beat that. There's probably people out there that totally can beat that or they don't drive anywhere. I'm just kidding. You probably are much better drivers than I am. But at the time, D&D was huge and it was the biggest thing that was pushing us. It was an rpg it was a way for me to escape living in middle america doing nothing being told that the russians were gonna bomb us all the time trying to find myself as a adolescent preteen, and just looking for myself now today's culture you look at that oh stranger things they play DD all the time it's totally cool i'm like yeah yeah back in the uh, back in that time it was not as cool as they thought in fact parents thought that was a really bad thing now Talk about the indie. I don't want to go fully into d d but I do also want to walk into the fact that if there is a certain fantasy sci-fi genre, there is probably an RPG. There is also, just think of any kind of music, movie, theme. You know, I've had friends that are just like, hey, we're going to take this thought process of an RPG and we're going to flip it over into something we like it to be and use all those types of things within it. Uh huge 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 deal now i will probably bet you that there is a k-pop rpg in fact i'm not going to bet you you shouldn't bet me i already know there's k-pop rpg out there and if you have never heard of k-pop or you do not know what i'm talking about you've got google and bang feel free um, but take a listen i promise you will look cooler than you've ever looked if you've never looked cool but if you're super cool then it probably will uh, be fine but if take a listen to some K-pop I've been listening to it for a little while I started listening to it probably pre-COVID because I would go to this great sushi place and they would play it and I was just like all right I'm interested fire up YouTube one day and was like "You know, this is not bad music I like it cool choreography great stuff like that Um, but I can guarantee you there'll be a RPG for BTS and I'm going to really apologize for this BTS like you're ever gonna listen to my podcast you're so much cooler than me are in our fifties, but the group bangton Sonya and And if I said that right, please somebody give me a kudos out there. But that translates to mean bulletproof Boy Scouts, which, you know, I got to say it's pretty cool name. If you're looking at names of bands nowadays, especially um, back in the 80s, that would have probably been a really cool metal band or hair band but i bet you somebody is going to be creating a a rpg for them or about them or someone has done it a fan has done it someone is going to do that because they're going to create something like they're in that world with the band so you're going to have those types of rpgs and you're going to have war simulators you're going to have i mean i bet you there's an emily dickinson one i bet you um, there's a pride and prejudice one and you get that get a chance to get that mr darcy that's your second Tom Hanks of uh, reference of the night. So that's from this fantastic movie. You got mail as you can tell I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, um, but really from an RPG in the tabletop, it's the world is open to you. If you want to create an RPG, you totally can. You can take a rule set and apply it to whatever content you want. All right. The next one I'm going to get into and everybody's going, all right. He's now going to talk about Warcraft. I am not going to talk about all the uh, the electronic stuff I want to talk a little bit more about something called LARP and if you've never heard of LARPing or LARP or if you've made fun of LARPing in the past shame on you first should make fun of stuff you don't understand completely but LARPing is live action role playing and this is and, and this again I'm going to steal a little bit out there uh, from this game actually didn't come from Wikipedia. This came from Malurbia is played more like an improvisational theater where participants act out their characters' actions instead of describing them, and the real environment is used to represent the imaginary setting of the game world. Players are often costumed as their characters and use appropriate props, and the venue may be decorated to resemble a fictional setting. Some live-action role-playing games use rock, paper, scissors, or comparison of attributes to resolve conflicts symbolically, while others use physical combat with simulated arms, such as airsoft guns, foam weapons, beanbags, um, really those types of things. You know, I got to be straightforward, and I'm going to go into it, but LARP gets a lot of hack. Now, let me continue this. LARP can vary in a size from a handful of players to several thousands, and in durations from a couple of hours to several days over a weekend. Because the number of players in a LARP is usually larger than in the tabletop role-playing game, and the players may be interacting in separate physical spaces, there's typically less of an emphasis on tightly maintaining a narrative or directly entertaining the players, and game sessions are often managed in a more distributed manner. So. A lot of project management attached to this. Now, like I said, LARP gets a a lot of heck because people are like, oh, those are the people that play in the park. No, those aren't the people in play in the park. Those are people who have developed a storyline, are acting out that storyline and acting out that character, which would be no different than if I went out and I acted out, oh, I don't know, being Napoleon, or if I went to be Henry VIII or Genghis Khan. Or maybe i'm doing my home personal larp of bill and ted which i don't think anybody's done so i might actually try to do this just in case i could ever get a chance to have keanu reeves stop by just in fact mr reeves uh, the wife is a huge fan as well as i am but you got to bring um you know bill and please if you can bring def along too super cool um sorry got a bill and ted in there but you know if you're looking at larp it takes a ton Of people to run this and if you have a weekend event think about just the coordination and I'm talking about you know someone who works in program and project management from that the the amount of time it would take to get people to move from one area or have people moving and adjusting as the storyline changes and as the story does change you really never know who's running what at what time so you're, you know, you're trying to keep that all running and think of the coordination that's attached to that, the volunteers that are attached to that, huge, huge deal. And I remember, I think I referenced this before, but David Ewald, who wrote a, wrote a great book called Of Dyson Men, actually attended a LARP event. And darn it, if COVID hadn't been going on, I'd want to attend this LARP event as well. But it was an over weekend, you came in, you picked your player, you, you understood your player, you played with people that you maybe you've never met before, or people that you'd brought with you but it's a you know david has a great story of attending a larp event which i think if you're going to have an open mind and you want to learn more about gaming and i'm definitely wanting to learn more about gaming, you got to do larping i've got to get involved in larping and i've actually been thinking about how do we do this at home because you know i'm getting my kids into some rpgs or playing games we have more time you know and and Quite honestly, I'd want to dress up like one of my favorite characters of Gandalf. And I mean, Gandalf the Grey, you know, hat, beard, get the cool pipe, um, Mm -hmm. hang out with Hobbits, shoot off amazing fireworks, those types of things. But go in depth. And, you know, I want to talk about a LARPing thing. I may actually chase this down and try to do it at home with my kids because I think it'd be actually kind of fun to do, you know, a LARP out there. All right. So, you know, you've, you've made it through tabletop you've worked yourself all the way through the LARPing stuff. Let's talk about the electronic RPGs. And these are video games, folks, electronic lies now again, our good friends over at Wikipedia. And I tell you there had a ton of information. So I apologize as I work through this. So when I say electronic media, video games, mobile games, DVD, TV, media games, cause there are games where you play, where you hit, and they used to have it with VHS, but now DVDs, you can fast forward a little bit better. But tabletop games have been really translated into this electronic format. So 1974, they started working and trying to move D and D into mainframes of universities and, you know, kind of got to that point, but really those early RPGs have affected all gaming. From the beginning all the way up they've helped develop that for, you know the rpg has developed in created the mechanics that are built into the styles that these games are played developed a genre in fact and then you know as wikipedia says they you know they divided it into what they call single and multiplayer so single is when you play by yourself and think of a single player role playing video game as a genre, a computer or console, which, you know, again, we're going back to the tabletop started out at the tabletop and a lot of the terms, the settings, how the game works, it translates into the electronic experience and the electronic experience gives you more visual play. Maybe not your own imagination, someone else's imagination, and fantastic artists' imagination. I might add, but you're getting to see that, and you're going to have you know character development. You're going to have a collaborative game that you're building, so that as you're working through the game itself, you you know you're working through a story. Now, in the multiplayer side, and so some of these really started out in multiplayer as online text. You know, before we had internet. We do multi you know you go to bulletin boards but we've really moved into what they've called um, a mud which is a multi user dungeon now there's a few more things beyond this so give me a second so a multi user dungeon has later variants of the dimension or where the domain of the person is so this could be not just a dungeon but it could be a, a, a galaxy a system a starship it could be another planet it could be again a dimension Uh, That you're floating through and so with a mud they also created what they call and I love this just so you know a mush a variation on the mud called a multi user shared hallucination or holodeck if you're a Star Trek kind of person I am love me some holodeck but they have the mush which is really a mud but it's it's a multi uh, user type thing and then we also have anything has an MU which is multi user virtual world um, think of lots of server banks out there and you, if you see the pictures and you know tons and tons and tons of electronic uh, servers electronic connections internet connection across it so we have all these and you know what's interesting is so on an electronic media type I've actually played and this is taking us back a step one where you email what your moves are going to be next. And everybody would email them to one person. He collaborates and sends out what happened. And you're back and forth every day getting this email. So that night the person puts it together. They spend 30 minutes selling the next move, putting the next part of the, the RPG in place. That's actually considered an electronic multiplayer game. Now for you that are can't wait 20 plus 24 hours to wait to get back your results of what you're working on, we do have what we call massively multiplayer online RPGs so MMORPGs the biggest one out there to this day still is World of Warcraft is huge so but this combines huge and when I say huge I mean millions of people large-scale social interaction action chat people working for each other working against each other um, but not a lot of role-playing is, is developing. Some do, and I'll talk a little about that. But a lot of communication, even to the point where we were text typing into each other. Now we are pushed to talk, the headsets. So if you can see your kid at home talking in a headset, he's probably playing a multi-player game online. Tons of them out there. Again, same exact thing as the tabletops. Cross, across, across. Now, I will also say that a lot of people... Who will talk about um, these games where you cannot role play? You can definitively role play. I have friends who will play nothing but orc characters. And if you don't know what an orc is, ORC, look it up on Google. They're scary. And then I have myself. I play a Star Trek game and I love to play Klingon, and I love to be a Klingon. I love, right? You know, fly in my Klingon Bordis or I could be in my. Klingon Burrell right now which is beautiful and amazing and I love it to death and of course I'll always have to say (laughs) which is death to the Federation (laughs) I don't mean that but I'm sad because I'm trying to still learn Klingon but you know going into that you have this electronic version and notice I just went from fantasy to Star Trek there's Star Wars Pick a game. The Simpsons have an online playing game. And you can play with The Simpsons. You don't actually get to be one of them. Comic book, Marvel, Batman, Superman. All of those have Captain America. All of Iron Man. All of them have an RPG attached to them. So, with that, you can go out and find your favorite RPGs. Now, I want to talk about, and remember, we're going back to game reviews again. Because I'm going to add them back in. I want to talk about two. And they're going to be kind of short and sweet. But the first one is the Marvel Super Heroes Role-Playing Game, which was out from 1984 to 1993. That's when they developed content. It's a tabletop. So, quick overview. The Marvel Super Heroes Role-Playing Game, published by TSR, same people into did D&D, go figure, included a license from Marvel Comics, was a superhero role-playing game designed by Jeff Grubb. Got to always get people stuff with relevant books written by Steve Winter. The game defines simple rules with the abridged version being a 16-page book. So that's great. So you can j- jump into a game and have 16 pages. Now, what was really kind of cool about this is that they use this, and I, it's called Phase Rip, Fighting Agility, Strength, Endurance, reason, in, Intuition, Psych. And these would cover a 0 to 100 level, and you would have... You know each one of those characters would have a level of those attributes and as you were going through this you had let's say captain america is fighting progress his intuition versus spider-man's agility great um what was awesome is you could play as you a character so i could play as captain america or wolverine or the hulk thor or i could create my own character which was a lot of fun because you could create brand new heroes. So if you were someone who is creative and read a lot of comic books, you got into this, or, you know, friends who are super Marvel friends, my good friend, Kate cosplays as Thor. My good friend, Janelle is a Loki, Dr. Strange. I'm trying to think who else she does. Oh, she's Batgirl. I'm trying to think of some other people. Those are the big ones. The ones And I apologize if I missed one there, Janelle, but you know, you could, be Doctor Strange. Or you can be someone that I create, like a person out of the blue kind of thing. Now, what was great about this was a fantasy cartographer. So not only do we have people developing content on the story, but we have people who are building maps for it. And they're building maps as a cartographer would, which is really cool. And then they're adding artists then to develop those maps. So you have David the Diesel LaForce, anyone who gets the name, has a middle name named Diesel, we get to give him that. And then you have Jeff Butler who developed this. Now, the really cool thing about this is I said 1993, right? So 27 years ago, last time this was deleted, there is an ongoing effort to produce new and updated material in a PDF format to download. And there's, it's called the Marvel Superheroes Unofficial Canon Project. It's out on Facebook. You can go take a look at it. Just just search the Marvel RPG stuff and you'll find it. And it's actually on the Fandom Marvel site. So that's our first one, the Marvel RPG. So if you have someone who's huge into Marvel, great. Now, the second one is so dear to my heart. It's an electronic. And it is called Wizardry, The Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord. It was released in 1981. And Wizardry is a series of role-playing video games developed by Sirtech. Thank you, Surtek. Which were highly influential into the evolution of what we have today in a lot of our modern RPGs for video games. What was so cool is if you take a game like Wizardry and then you see elements of it in games like Final Fantasy, which is a giant game, or Dragon Quest, it was a giant game. But Wizardry was created for the Apple II I played it on the Apple IIe. It was ported over some other platforms, and I think the final r- release was in 2001, which is really nice, you know, t- 19 years ago. Now, I binge-played Wizardry, and I think that was the thing, first thing I ever binged uh, as a preteen and early teen, and it was so cool because the text-based stuff and who you're fighting and the fighting mechanics and the computation or RNG, random number generators. You'll hear that a lot from folks who play... Uh, any form of a rpg electronically anywho was so cool i played this game all by myself all the time and yes as a preteen i get the joke ha 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 computer took over but from a nerd perspective and i'm a technical person so i like to tell you the nerd thing and nerds do run the world This is the first five games of this were written in an Apple Pascal, which is kind of cool because Pascal is, you know, one of the first big languages and it was moved over somewhere else. Now, Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord, the very first one, again, came out and it was developed by Andrew Greenberg and Robert Woodhead. Again, super awesome. They released this out, beta out there in 1981, and then this thing just goes crazy. People love this game. It's graphic. It's an RPG. You can play it at home. It's fantastic. The characteristics are equipped with armor and weaponry, and you develop your party. And it created one of the coolest terms, and I know this is coming at the very end of this podcast, called the dungeon crawl. A dungeon crawl is what you do it in. Think of it every single one of those RPGs I just talked about. There is a dungeon crawl. It is moving forward, and you get items you gain levels of experience for getting money and then you face and finally at the very end of the game you beat the evil arch wizard warden up super amazing stuff again i played this for hours upon hours upon hours it was one of the best games ever it still runs on my apple IIe, and you can play this on an emulator out on the internet it is a fantastic game wizardry if you're looking for something to take an afternoon When you're really bored, hey, welcome to COVID. We're all really bored. Wizardry is the game to play in an Apple emulator. It is so much fun. Again, you'll just love it. Create it out. Now, remember, this is a first of multiple RPG ones, and I'm actually going to be uh, diving a little deeper in the tabletop and electronic before I run the LARPing, because i want to play around with the LARPing one. So have some fun RPGing, and I'll talk to you guys soon.